appreciate you being back on Sunday night, and we want to finish up this thought that we started this morning, and so if you would open your precious Bible to the book of Proverbs tonight, and uh, hopefully something that can be said that will be very helpful and instructive to us. I want to tell our church families, I want you to know we love you. We appreciate our church family, and uh, I'm encouraged. Uh, we've... Uh, Seen the Lord do some wonderful things here in the last few weeks and excited. I was excited about the Sunday school class this morning downstairs uh, with the younger couples, a younger group. I think we had 22 down there, 21, 22, 22 folks, and uh, that's a great blessing. I want you to be praying about that, and uh, we hope our folks will be looking around, inviting some folks, and let's do our very best to get them back in Sunday school. Uh, we have one more lesson in For the Faith. And then starting, uh, not of course, a week from this Sunday, we'll have the last lesson of the quarter. And then we're going to be starting a brand new series of lessons on victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. And uh, that's going to be a very practical study. And I know the Lord will help us with it. So I want to encourage you to do your very best to be here faithful to Sunday school. And let's really be inviting folks out. Uh, we've been encouraged. I've invited two couples in the last few weeks. And normally, we, uh, you know, you invite them and you don't expect them to come. Man, I was excited. They both showed up. Amen? And so let's keep working at it, and I want you to work at it, be inviting uh, folks out for Sunday school. We have wonderful classes, wonderful teachers, and uh, let's just do all that we can for the glory of God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want you to notice again as we read it, I want you to notice the uh, the, the punctuation here, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want to look at this tonight. We looked at this morning on that very first part of that verse is train up a child. That is our life's greatest labor or our life's greatest uh, achievement, our life's greatest effort. It takes work to train up a child. And then we're going to look at the next part here tonight, but let's pray and let's ask God's blessing and let's ask God to help us. Again, Lord, we do come to you tonight asking you to speak to our hearts and help us now. Take your word, instruct us, help us, change us, motivate us, convict us, challenge us, comfort us. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about this morning life's greatest effort. And I encouraged you and admonished you not to take the world's philosophy because I can promise you this, it's not that. That's not what the world will tell you is your greatest uh, effort is to train up a child. So I want God to help us to work in our hearts that we will be a part of training up a child. But then I want you to notice not only our life's greatest effort, I want you to notice this, life's greatest discovery. Now I want to read the verse again. I want you to notice, train up a child in the way he should go. There is life's greatest discovery. Notice that, in the way he should go. That's life's greatest discovery. Why? The greatest discovery is what God has created you and I and our children for. That's life's greatest discovery. God has a plan. God has a purpose 
for every child. And, and let me say, there's many parents today, there's many grandparents today that have limited their grandchildren and their children. You say, why? How? How do we do that? Because the Bible doesn't say train up a child in the way you want him to go. The Bible says train him up, train up a child in the way he should go. See, we believe and trust that God has a perfect plan and a purpose for our children. I'm going to be honest with you. It is exciting to find out what it is. That's why we don't have to try to train them up and lead them in the way that we want them to go. Now, we need, what should we do as parents? If we're going to train up a child in the way he should go, then we've got to do this. If we're not trying to lead them and guide them the way we want them to go, and we're not trying to coerce them to get them to do what we want them to do, and by the way, you say, Pastor, that doesn't happen. It happens all the time. And by the way, I've noticed Christian people have gotten real subtle and real sneaky how they do it. But we do. And we like to put a little bit of God's promise in there like, oh, we're trusting the Lord. But what we do is we do every little thing we can to try to guide them where we kind of want them to go. Because that's too far, Pastor. Well, Pastor, you don't understand how much is that going to cost. So what we do is we... We try to train them up in the way we want them to go. And sometimes we get real sneaky about it because we try to guide them. Now, by the way, I'm for guiding and leading. The Bible says that. We are to train up a child, and I believe that has to do with some guiding and leading. But at the end of the day, the greatest thing as parents as we can do, if we want to train up a child in the way he should go, in the direction that he should go, to be desiring what God has created him for, then we have to really major on one thing. You know what it is? It's submission. Being yielded, being submitted, being submitted. Now I want to say to you, this is a very tough subject to deal with because all of my life, all of my life, when I was a young person, I'm going to be honest with you, I never thought about submitting my life to the Lord. I thought submitting your life to the Lord, you had to be a missionary, you had to be a preacher, uh, you had to be someone that, you know, is going to go eat bugs on the mission field. That's what I thought. Oh, those people that came in as missionaries, man, they're really super Christians, man. They've surrendered their life to the Lord and God led them. But I learned something. It's not just for super Christians. It's for every Christian. We should submit. By the way, every time as a young person, I'd go off to some kind of a youth meeting. I'd think, oh my goodness, all they want me to do is be a preacher. All they want me to be is a missionary. And I was scared to death of submitting. But do you know, if we're really going, if we're really going to know God's will for our life and what he's created us for, what do we have to do? We've got to submit and we've got to yield. That's it. That's it. We've got to submit. We've got to yield. I I thought about this. Life's greatest discovery is to help them realize that God has created them for a purpose. Now, I wonder how many parents sit down and major on that with their child and really teach them and talk to them about, listen, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. When that started to be taught to me, by the way, I was 21 years of age. Now, I know there was times that I was told that the Lord, you know, wanted to do great things in my life. But as far as me personally, I'm not saying that I've never uh, been told that. But I wasn't ready to receive it till I was 21. 
It was an amazing thing to me when I started to learn, you know what, God did create me for a purpose. God made me for a purpose. And I'm going to be honest with you, I had no idea what it was. And before he ever told me what he was going to have me do, he had to get me to a place where I was yielded to do it. And to be honest with you, I didn't care what he wanted me to do. That wasn't the problem. The problem was getting me to a place where I was yielded to do it. It's like we fight that. Oh, I can't do that because if I yield there, the Lord's going to make me do something I don't want to do. It doesn't work like that. When God, when we get to a place where we realize that this life, this life, this body, my plans are not my plans. This body is not my body. This life is not my life. They're His and we should yield it to Him. To be fair, I'm not saying that I've never ran into it, but this is what I have generally ran into in Christian realms. I I remember we took a group of young people to a meeting one time, and of course this young man got stirred up for the Lord, and man, he got so stirred up and got on fire for the Lord. He said, Pastor Mark, I believe I'm being called into the ministry, and I was praying with him about it, and he was excited about it. He comes back home, and I thought there would be some wisdom there, but the mother comes up to me on Sunday after we get back from this meeting, and she's like, oh, Pastor Mark, I just want you to know, so-and-so can't do that. I think he just got excited. I told him those are two biggest shoes for him to feel. Now, maybe nobody here would say that to a young person because we know better, but to be fair, do we flame that? Do we flame it and say, oh yes, we want you to find out. We want you to discover what God has created you for. And by the way, God's not playing hide and seek. He's just got to get us to a place where we're yielded to do it. So many people feel like God's playing hide and seek with his will. What's he really want me to do? It is exciting. It is a great discovery when we find out what God has created us to do. But the greatest effort in that is being yielded to what he wants me to do. It's a great discovery. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Greatest discovery I've ever found out that God wanted me to preach. Y'all know I'm 49. I've been in the ministry over 26 years. I'm still shocked. I'm still amazed. My wife and I was talking the other day, and we were talking to a couple and they, she was saying to this couple, she said, yes, she said, you, you would never even, you wouldn't even recognize pastor. She said, you'd never even recognize him when we were teenagers and her and I were dating. Y'all know what we did for a date? Now look, I, I'm boring. I was a boring date. So what'd you do, pastor? We drove around most of the time. You know why I did that? Because I didn't have to talk to nobody. It could just be me and her in the car, and we would drive around, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, got, I actually had flashes. I, I would get scared and nervous to death if I had to go up to a counter. I was so nervous and backward, I thought I would say something wrong. I would, I would, I would, I would uh, order something wrong, and I'd make a fool of myself. I never liked going somewhere where I had to order tickets or anything because I just felt like I was just going to mess it all up. And I mean, I would turn different shades of red, and I would be so scared I couldn't even talk. You say, Pastor, what happened to you? Good question. All right, now, let's not get too in the preaching here. 
I'm still shocked. It's life's greatest. Now see, for me, it was a preacher for me to be in the ministry. But listen to me. Greater than someone to be called into the ministry, I had to learn this first. I had to be a submitted Christian. I think back through the years, if you want to study, I love reading about historical people. Joshua Chamberlain, to me, is a very fascinating man. He was the governor of Maine. He was fought. He he was made famous because of the Civil War, and he defended Little Round Top of Gettysburg. But man, I got to reading about his life, and we were even able to go up to his home and and go up to where he uh, sat in church. I loved it. That old church had his name on the, that's how they do it up in the Northeast, but it is church in uh, Bangor, he, he had, uh, they had his name on there. And, and uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, there was a famous author that went to that church too. And man, they had his name on there, old church. And, but uh, Joshua Chambers is a very interesting character because growing up, his mother, his mother prayed for him till the time he was young, till the time he was born, all the way, till he, all the way through his college years and everything. God, she prayed that God would call him into the ministry. That was her desire for her child. And so lo and behold, as soon as he graduated from high school, he sought that. He went into seminary. But you know what I appreciate about uh, Mr. Chamberlain? Mr. Chamberlain said, that's not for me. God's not called me to be in the ministry. God's not called me to be in the ministry. So we know he became a great uh, lecturer. He became a great uh, 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 teacher, professor. He, he taught at Bowdoin College in Maine. And, and then pretty soon the Civil War struck. He, he enlisted and go into the army. And he did. And of course he, he raised up to the ranks. He was a godly man. At the end of the war he became governor of Maine. But here's one thing about Joshua Chamberlain. He stayed faithful to his Lord all through his life. Here's what I thought. Man, for us to have more Miss Chamberlains. Praying that God would lead their children in the way they should go. Desiring God's will for them. So we need to help our children. If we're going to train up a child in the way he should go. We've got to help them to realize that God has created them for a purpose. He has a purpose, not mine, not yours. Help them to be willing and surrendered. That is the greatest discovery is what God wants for them. You know what? We live down here and here's some of the questions we ask. Well, what can we afford? Well, the question is, what does God want? Well, Pastor, how far is that going to take them? It's not the question that ought to be asked. The question that should be asked is, what does God want? Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't feel comfortable with them leaving the area in which we live. Doesn't matter. The question is, what does God want? I had a grandfather, bless his heart, when I surrendered to go off to Bible college, he always would say, well, there's no money in it. That was his greatest concern. There's no money in it. But what are you doing? What are you? And he was worried to death about the college. He said, what are you going to do? What are you gonna? And he looked at me one day and said, what are you going to do? Expect churches to take care of you? And listen to me. There had been nobody in my family that had been called in the ministry. There had been nobody in my family that could tell me. And to be honest with you, I didn't know how it worked. 
I didn't know how it worked. Listen to me, I wasn't raised independent Baptist. I didn't know how all that stuff worked. I had no idea. I just said, no, Papa, I don't know. All I know is this is what God's called me to do. You know, we have this idea that we've got to have all these answers. You know what? We stepped out on faith and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Y'all should have seen me the first time I went to Knoxville, Tennessee, being a country hillbilly boy from West Virginia with a one-stoplight town. Got lost the first week I was in Knoxville, and y'all know what I wanted to do. I wanted to turn around and quit right then, that night. I said, this is crazy. What in the world am I doing? I done drove through the Salvation Army. I done drove to, I, I knew I wasn't in the place where I was supposed to be. And I didn't have my weapon with me either. And I'm going to be honest with you, I was so discouraged. I said, what am I doing down here? I'm a country boy. I don't need to be down here in this big town. I was like, Lord, you sure you know what you're doing? Then I couldn't find a job. You're talking about discouraged. I'm telling you right now, though, but you know what? I think sometimes we want to we knock all the stuff out of people's way. And you know, by the way, I don't think children ought to worry about a lot of things that parents have not worry about today. But I've learned this. God is so good, sometimes he lets our children to go through things. What? Because he wants to let them realize, hey, I got you. Guess what every child needs to learn to do? They need to learn and depend upon the one who saved them. They've got to develop their spiritual life. They've got to develop their faith life. Brother Daniel just mentioned to me just a moment ago in, the, in my office just before church, and he brought up Hannah, and he said, you think about Hannah, man. Hannah, she prayed that God would give her a child and just turn him over to the Lord. And by the way, she did. She kept her vow. She realized that God gave her that boy, so she completely yielded that boy to the Lord. And by the way, if you read during the time that she let him go there, Eli wasn't a very good priest. And let me say this, his children were worse. I'm going to tell you all right now, that would have stopped most people right now. They said, oh no, we're not going to give them to the Lord. Look at that mess down there. But you know what? She trusted the Lord anyway. And you know what happened? And Daniel didn't know this, but he kind of stole a little bit of my thunder in my office. Here was the greatest day in Samuel's life. Are y'all ready? The one that he'd been told about, the one that he'd been raised for by his mother. Oh, he knew his mother had a faith. He knew his mother knew God. He knew his mother had a personal relationship with the Lord, but the most powerful day in Eli's life is when Jesus revealed himself to him. Here's the greatest day in your child's life is when Jesus becomes real to them. How they do that? By having parents or training them to train up a child in the way he should go. We should be teaching him or her to be submitted and surrendered to the Lord because I want every young person here to know God has a great plan for your life. For me, it was a preacher. But greater than being a preacher, just being surrendered Christian in the way he should go. By the way, this isn't just limited to children. 
I think sometimes us adults, we get to a place in life where we say, now I can kind of rest here a little bit. I'm settled in. God ain't going to do anything and stir up my nest. Oh, he just might. But here's the question. You willing to go? Are you yielded? Are you willing? This ain't just kid stuff. This is Christian stuff. Are we yielded? Are we submitted? I love this man. Years ago, a man called me and we were talking. And he said, I feel like the Lord's calling me to preach. I love this man. He's a good man. He had a very wealthy job. He was very settled. And he said, boy, the Lord's working on my heart. He was really trying to bear down on what the Lord wanted him to do. And I didn't know. I didn't know. So I was trying to be very wise, very careful the way I was counseling him because I certainly didn't want to say, oh yeah, here's what you need to do because you know what, to be truthful, I didn't know. And we ought to be very careful when we just start telling people what they ought to be doing. Because to be honest, to be wise, we really don't know what they should do because every situation is different. Now we know the fundamentals, we know the basic facts of what they need to do, but as far as what God's calling a man or a woman or someone to do personally, that's between them and God. But knowing the things I knew and the things he was saying to me, all I said is this. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, are you willing to go anywhere he calls you to go? I said, now he's not going to require you of that today, possibly. But I said, let me just ask you, are you willing to go? Are you willing to do that? He was talking about some certain specifics of what he needed to do if he felt like he needed to be trained. And I said, I can't answer that question for you. To make a long story short, he realized God wanted to use him as probably one of the greatest Sunday school teachers you've ever heard. And to be a heart, have a heart for his community. And by the way, the church uh, voted on him to make him a deacon in that church. And I want you to know something. I thank God that this man was willing and yielded to be sensitive to what the Lord wanted him to do. Some people have this idea, oh, I'll tell you what, if you go in there and talk to the pastor, he's just going to try to get you to go and do everything that he thinks you should do. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, if a pastor's wise, he's going to counsel you to do what God wants you to do. Train up a child in the way he should go. God has a plan for where we should go, what we should do, who we should be, and God knows that. So our, our maximizing counsel is this, our you surrendered. Are you yielded? Everything else is figured out, and this greatest discovery will be found if this one truth is met. Are you yielded? I've learned this. It's hard for unyielded parents, get it now, it's hard for unyielded parents to train up a child to be yielded. Get it down. It's almost absolutely impossible for unyielded parents to train yielded children. But if we're going to find out what life's greatest discovery, we must teach surrender and yielded. I know I've shared this with you before. 
children are not, young people are not supposed to have it all figured out when they graduate high school. I don't know who come up with all of this. It might not be as bad as it was, but I know when I grew up, man, it, there was this pressure on us, on a young person. They were supposed to have everything figured out. They were supposed to know where they were going to go to school. They just knew what they were supposed to do with their life. I mean, there was even teachers that would come up and we would write essays on what we want to do when we grow older. I don't know. And by the way, when I was younger, I wrote it on my senior night. I'll never forget, my kindergarten teacher kept it and gave it to me on my senior night. And I seen a a little poem that I wrote when I was in kindergarten. And I wanted to be just like my dad. I wanted to be a telephone worker. That was great. My father had worked hard and provided for his family. But for me, that wasn't in the cards. But for me, hey, I didn't know any better. All I knew was, man, you're supposed to get a job. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to get a career. You're supposed to have all this figured out. You know what? I think we have been foolish. I think we have been foolish. And I want everybody to listen to me. I believe that is foolish. It does not line up with this verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. So I'll never forget it, man. When my, that one of the preachers in our church, we were driving to a men's retreat, and I'll never forget, he looked up in that rearview mirror and he said, Hey, Mark, what are you going to do with your life? I had my plans. <laughs> Coast Guard, now look here, I'm going to just tell you all right now. God knew better than that. I'd never been out on a ship. See, God knows what he's doing. I'd never been out on a ship. But me and my brother-in-law said, we're going to go, we're going to go deep sea fishing one day. And we did. This was not long. This was, I guess, about in 99, somewhere like that. We went out on the boat. And I'll never forget what the people told me on the boat. They said, hey, look, it's going to be rough today. Y'all need to get a rain check. I looked over at Mike and said, we got it. Ain't no problem. I've never been sick in my life. Famous last words. I'm going to tell you all right now, I threw some chum down. Amen. The people all around me was catching fish. I was sick as a dog, boy. I, I was praying and saying, Lord, please, if you get me off this ship and I get back to that place, I said, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I was already, I was in Bible college then. I'll never forget, we had planned to take Laura and Kim out that night. <laughs> and Laura said, oh, she said, I, when I seen you come getting out of that car walking towards me, she said, I knew I was in trouble. Date nothing. Now, here's how foolish I was. I said, man, I'm going to go to the Coast Guard. I had it all planned out, but aren't you glad God knows better? Man, I got mad at that preacher in that car that night, and I'll never forget that I was there, and I went up in the room that night. I was like, why did he say that to me? Why did he try to stifle me? I told him I was going to go to the Coast Guard. I had it all planned out. I don't know of any other young person that had it all planned out, and then it hit me. Boy, that night when I laid in bed, the Lord said, you know why you're mad, Mark? Y'all know the story. He's right. You've never one time asked me what you want me to do with your life. You've planned it out yourself. And I'm sad to say, even though there's so many people that they've been a success, I think we're great failures if we've not yielded to the Lord and go in the way that he wants us to go. See, I could have conned people and went into the Coast Guard. I'd have had to done something with the sickness. Well, I'd have served my country. And people said, oh, look at him. He has served his country. And by the way, it's admirable. It is a life full of honor. But I'm going to tell you something. For me, it would have been wrong because I would have not went the way that he wanted me to go. 
Sometimes we hide behind things and say, oh, look at this, look at this. This has to be right, this has to be right. This looks good, it feels good, it's everything right. But no, down deep in our hearts, listen to me, the greatest thing is are we yielded to what God wants us to be? Life's greatest discovery, life's greatest effort, and then as I close, it's life's greatest achievement. Train up a child in the way he should go. Life's greatest effort, life's greatest discovery, but look at life's greatest achievement. And when he is old, when he is old, he'll not depart from it. When I'm gone, I I listened to B.R. Lakin preach the other day, and of course he's now in heaven And he was preaching and he says, all of us in this building in a hundred years, here's what he said, he said, we'll all be gone. And no doubt, they're all gone. That was probably in 1968. Now, I'm not saying all of them were gone, but I know B.R. Lincoln was gone. But it hit me when he said that. He said, in a hundred years, not a one of us will be on this side of heaven or hell. And you know what? I'll make the same statement. If the Lord tarries his coming within 100 years, every one of us are going to be gone. More than likely, if the Lord tarries his coming within 80 years, every one of us in this building will be gone. But when I'm gone, what's going to be my greatest achievement? A big church? Buildings? And by the way, I thank God for where God has put us, and I'm glad we have nice facilities. I'm glad we have nice places to meet. But when I'm gone, my greatest achievement, is it going to be, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, he built a great church in Chattanooga. Is that going to be my greatest achievement? Is my greatest achievement going to be, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, he left a huge 401K, and by the way, I'm not, for, I'm not against large 401Ks. Is that his greatest achievement? I'll tell you right now, his greatest achievement is he's going to leave his children a big old house. It's getting ready to get even bigger for me and Miss Laura. Left him a big house. That'll be my greatest achievement. No. You know what my greatest achievement will be? You know what mine and Laura's greatest achievement will be? My children. And my grandchildren know that there's a God in heaven and he's real to them. That's my greatest achievement. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know my greatest achievement is I leave a legacy. I leave a heritage that I've passed on and my children will say, you know what, I'm just serving the one in whom they served. I'm loving the one who my parents have loved and now I have, a, I have a personal love for the very same Savior that they loved. They're continuing for the Lord and working for Him and serving Him and loving Him and being faithful and living right. It's our greatest achievement. 
say that's not what the world tells you. You seem to be some failure in this life. And by the way, I think we ought to try to help them be in this way. But we seem like a great failure in this life. And we don't leave them something of value. Physically speaking. And again, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I think it's wonderful if you can do that. Don't hide behind it. And act like that's our greatest achievement. Our greatest achievement is we've lived in such a way that we've loved the Lord and our children are what? Living and loving the one in whom we've served all these years. Train up a child in the way he should go. Can I bring this down to our church? Within 80, 85 years, we'll all be gone. I'll look out here. What well, aren't these children precious? You know our greatest achievement here at this church? God help us. You know what will be our greatest achievement? Is we see these young people carrying on for the Lord. And by the way, let me speak to all the young people just a second. You need to get in there. Everybody needs to be involved here. Everybody needs to be serving the Lord. Everybody needs to be uh, putting, putting their effort in. Why? Because we're training others. I, I wonder so many times, I think about all these young people, and uh, they, ought to be, they ought to be yielded to the Lord, and we ought to train them now and help them. And even Brother Daniel said something to me in the office. He said, you know, he heard a message on how God can use children. But our greatest achievement for us, when we're dead and gone, can you imagine? These little old children picking up. And they're teaching a Sunday school class. Wouldn't it be great if one of these young men in our church got called to preach and he's the next pastor at Tiptonia Baptist Church? Wouldn't that be a blessing? Anybody ever praying for that? Does anybody pray for that? Have me moms and dads praise that your child, God, would call them to preach. Now look here, might not do it. That might not be God's will, but I don't think it'd be hard to call it and ask God to surrender and give them, give Give them, their, give them the desires of their heart to serve the Lord. Are we doing that? Bible says, look, we need, we need laborers around here. Y'all know how, how we're supposed to get laborers? Yes, we're to recruit laborers, but the Bible says we are to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he send forth laborers. Can I ask, how many of us are praying and we're praying that God will use our children? I've been encouraged lately. We have a lot of young couples coming. Now listen, I know where we are and I know where we live and how we live. Listen, I'm not talking about, about any other ministry, but I'm just saying this. There is everything under the sun you can choose from in a ministry and going to church. You take your pick. Y'all know as well as I do, there's as many flavors of churches as there is ice cream today. Somebody say amen. And I'm not being ugly, I'm just telling you there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot to choose from. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. I know when a younger couple comes here to this church, I know two things have happened. Number one, the Lord's done it. And number two, they're coming here on purpose. 
And I'm going to be honest, it encourages me they've been coming. But I want more than just for them just to come. I want them to realize that God has a plan for their life, their children's life. And by the way, I'm telling you right now, I'd love to see more laborers around here get involved, get excited, man, carry on the work, because I want you to know my greatest achievement, our greatest achievement when we leave here is somebody else can take our spot. I hope our church will pray this way. God has a perfect plan for people's life. We ought to be interested in God's plan for their life. We ought to be raising our children, saying, is that what the Lord wants you to do? You think the Lord would be happy with that? Do you, is that what the Lord wants you to do? You think the Lord's pleased with that? See, we always train you. Well, I tell you what, I told you not. No, 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 don't make you the goal. Say, is that what the Lord, is the Lord pleased with that? Is that what the Lord wants you to do? I talked to two boys here today, and I, I said that. I thought I better practice my own preaching. I was talking to these two, and they were very respectful. Their grandmother called me, and I haven't got to see them. And I noticed one of them was frustrated the other day, and I, I just couldn't get it off my mind. So I set them down. I said, buddy, I said, look, what you I said, look, I'm here. But I, I said, and then he told me, he said, well, I've gotten in a little bit of trouble. And here's what I said. I didn't say, well, was your grandma disappointed in you? Because I already knew his grandma was disappointed in him. And I didn't say, well, I'll tell you what, you go to Tiptoe Baptist Church, you ought to know better to act like that. I didn't say that. Here's what I said. I said, can I ask you a question? I said, do you think the Lord is pleased with that? And I'm going to be honest with you, just as serious as can be. He says, no, sir. And I want to tell you something. When we make Jesus the goal, he's always more important than making me the goal. I've heard people in church say, I'll tell you right now, you ought not be doing that. That ain't the way our church behaves. No, 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 no. It's something greater than that. Is the Lord pleased with that? Is that what the Lord wants us to do? Would he want us to behave like that? Would he want us to act that way? When we talk to our children, we say, I told you. Don't you embarrass me anymore. Wrong goal. Is that what the Lord wants you to do? Because see, what we're doing is we're letting them know there's a God in heaven that has a plan for them. He's it, isn't he? How many of you believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the goal? And how many of you believe that he can call people to do what he wants them to do? Our little parts of this, let's just try to teach them to be surrendered and yielded to the Lord. And we will see the greatest discoveries in life when God calls them. I'm going to close. About 10 years ago, it was a great encouragement to me. Miss Debbie Goins, her and her husband was down here for some type of a seminar. Something was going on. Now, Miss Debbie, that's not her Walsh, Miss Debbie Walsh. But I knew her as Miss Debbie Goins because she, she was a counselor and a teacher and a Sunday school teacher and a youth worker in the church I grew up in. Now, I don't know about y'all, but my mother can probably attest. You know, I wasn't a mean kid, but I certainly wasn't the best of children in the church. I remember the preacher came over to our house one day and had to get on to me because I had done moved all the microphones up on the platform. And I remember I was that one that just heaved that gum up in the air and hit that poor old woman in the head, and she had to get her whole hair cut because I done made a mess because of all that chewing gum. 
And there was other things that I did and got in trouble there. But man, I don't know, about 10 years ago, Miss Debbie Walsh, they were down here for a meeting and she realized and knew that she wasn't too far from where we were. And I'll never forget, she came here to church that morning. And boy, I'm going to tell you something right now. I was walking on cloud nine because I'm like, man, here she was, a counselor of mine, and she's here at the church and she made all that effort to come here to our church. I'll never forget it. We went over to the gym, and man, I was so excited. All the children were over there, and I said, and I even announced all the kids on the bus before we loaded them up that day. I said, hey, listen, I want all of you children to know there's a young, there's a lady here that taught me when I was a little boy, and I said to all those kids, there's hope. Because I looked over at Miss Debbie, and I said, because I'll guarantee you one thing, Miss Debbie probably never thought I'd be here, Pastor, in this church. And she looked at me, and she went, nope. You talking about life's greatest discovery. I'm still discovering everything God has. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, head bowed, eyes closed. Can I ask you a question tonight? How many of you have a family and your children are at home with you? Can I ask you a question? You need real wisdom. I mean wisdom. You need wisdom. Moms and dads, you need wisdom. In these days, we've always needed it, but you need wisdom. How many of you, how many of you, the, God, the Lord's really spoke to your heart, and you realize that you've got to train your children in the way he should go, in the way they should go, the way God wants them to go? How many of you maybe would just come around an old altar, an old altar tonight and just pray and ask God to help you? They're going to begin to play. You say, I, I, I want to do that. Why don't you come? Why don't you come and just find a place and pray and say, Lord God, help me. Help me. Not my will, but what? His will. Thine will be done. God's will be done. Surrender. Can I ask every parent this? Are you surrendered? Are you surrendered? Are you yielded? I believe it's hard to train up a child in the way he should go, be surrendered to the Lord, if we're not surrendered to the Lord. Lord, help us.
Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We want to thank you for your word. Truly, there's no doubt life's greatest effort, training a child, life's greatest discovery is what you have for us. And Lord, we're still excited about it today. Lord, life's greatest achievement is when we're long in heaven with you, but there's others walking in your will, walking in your way, and not departing from it. Again, I pray you'll help each one of us, give us wisdom as we lead our families, as we serve you in this wicked world. Give us wisdom. Well, thank you for what you do, for we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen, and all God's people say it. It was so good to have the...